like we've done that before pretty good pretty yeah. pretty good so many homecomings Just, brad it is homecoming season homecoming homecoming it's such a you know i was never really i guess i never really had a big school spirit so i was never that into homecoming like high school homecoming well i mean i wasn't i mean as a student you're not the homecoming Target. It's the alumni. Okay. I guess. But, but that never transferred to me as an alumni. No, I I don't understand. So, I mean, you know the school I went to. There were 17 yes. people in so, my grade. Yeah, you probably have some additional confounding factors. I wasn't, a, like, I knew the word homecoming. Yes. But I had no direct experience with it whatsoever. I didn't like have a definition of it. I understood that people in other schools around me, there was this thing going on called homecoming. <laughs> so I just kind of developed my own definition of it right. over so that, decades. So there was no observance of homecoming in, in your school? No, okay. not at all. Okay. So, to me, and this this was until e even like five years ago, four years ago, mm -hmm. <laughs> even when I, not no, maybe even three years ago, like very recently, I started to like be able to fill in the gaps and change my understanding of what that meant because what I understood it to mean just by the name of it and it being associated with high schools and colleges is like, oh, I assumed it was the seniors who graduated last year come back to the school and they're like, yay, we've gone on to do things. And now we've come back and like they're there and they hang out with, you know, the, the school that they're no longer associated with. <laughs> and they tell mm -hmm. all their war stories about life on the outside and all that shit. And it's like everybody claps, you know, that's like, yeah, like three years ago when my daughter, you might know her name's Jules, started becoming somewhat involved with it it's like no it's uh like it's just the people who are still there at the school and you have a dance and there's a football game right but what what is why is it called homecoming well i think the idea is that part of it is to, to yeah it is to celebrate people like like the the people that have graduated in the past like they're supposed to be part of it. But you're right. Like the high school homecoming dance. And there's usually like a homecoming queen, right? Yeah. King and queen. Yeah. Or two kings, two queens, whatever. Right. right. But there's like a court, like some sort of medieval style court. I just homecoming. learned. I just learned that there was something called a court like one week ago. <laughs> All right. One of my daughter's friends, well, Nora, you know Nora. Yeah, I know Nora. She's like, whoa, Jack Allen is on homecoming court. And I was like, excuse me? Like, is he out in some, 
like feel some gladiator style feel. Like he's out. Is this some sort of new sport that like combines like (laughs) basketball, lacrosse, and sword play? And being eaten by lions? Like what the (laughs) fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I'm confounded by it. I was like, what? What do you mean homecoming court? So there's a medieval aspect to it? Or, well, a, or a sporty. Like, what's the court here? The court means, like, the king, it, queen. Like, is there some sort of legal thing going on? But what are the other people in the court, I guess? What do you mean? Well, they're, like, the Like, parliament. who are all the positions in the court, I guess? Because I was going to say, like, king, queen, prince, princess, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> no. I don't know. No, I think it's... Like, um, like the jester, the court jester. Maybe the there's Duke, one of those. Maybe there's the one Duke of those. Of the chancellery. But I think it's more of a legislative body that decides like how homecoming is going to go. No, what I really th- don't think that's the case. What the theme is, uh, you know, enchantment, fish under the sea dance. You don't mm-hmm. think that's it? I mean, no. <laughs> don't take my word for it. I didn't know there was a court until a week ago. No, so. I feel the court is like you see it in movies all the time. And I guess there's also like a prom queen or something or like May queen. They'll do different things depending on, I don't know. But yeah, I think it's like at the end, like don't people compete for this? For what? Um, Home Homecoming? They, it's just like they got elected. Like, they're the most popular people. They won. Uh, oh, okay. No, I do have a little insight. Yes, you're you're flashing my little remaining couple of brain cells here. Th- so this year at my daughter, you might know her name's Jules, is mm-hmm. homecoming. The, uh, the teachers decided who would be the homecoming king and queen. Okay. That's probably a little less toxic. Less toxic, and it was all, you know, band people and mm-hmm. student government people instead of, you know, captain of the football team type stuff. Right, right. So, but then also, so, uh, Jules, that's my daughter. You might know her. Her boyfriend goes to a different school. You don't know him. He goes to a t- okay. different yeah. school, right? Yeah. Um, so two homecomings now we got to do. Two dresses. Oh, boy. Two pairs of shoes, two photo seshes, two boutonnieres, you know? It's like, sure, yeah. Well, you know, it's double the fun. If one is cool, then two is super, super cool. boffo cool. <laughs> super boffo cool. But um, at, at neither of those Hoko events did they actually go to the Hoko. The hoko meaning the the dance? The event at the school. Which would be like the dance. Because I feel yeah, like there yeah. might be multiple events that qualify as homecoming. Not that I'm aware of. It's just the dance. There's a dance. There's going to be a homecoming parade. I don't there's know. a homecoming football game. Okay. Uh, there Let's might not... be some other thing. Let's not get into the whole football game thing just yet. Okay. That, that's another thing that confounds me. Yes. Um, I don't know that there's a homecoming parade, although that does have the ring of truthiness to it. Because they were closing down roads around here for some reason. Yeah, so that could be it. Maybe, but there yeah, was no... Our like, high school here has a homecoming parade. With, like, floats and shit? Yeah. 
Is the fire department involved? I don't know. Is it only the high school? You're talking about a high school homecoming? High school homecoming. Yeah, I'm not talking about the university homecoming. That also happens and has a parade. Sure. two parades. Yeah. Well, it's like when your parents get divorced, you get two Christmases. Yeah, exactly. So you get you get high school homecoming, college homecoming, but also if your boyfriend goes to a different school, you wouldn't know him, then you also get two homecomings. Right. So there you go. Double the pleasure. So they did the 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 outfits, the boutonnieres, the photographs, but then they didn't go to the dance. Is what I'm hearing? Yeah, well, Jules, you might know her as my daughter. Her homecoming was last weekend, so she was like, fuck no, lame. I'm not going to that. I'm just getting the dress and the shoes and everything, taking all the pictures, going down to National Harbor, getting more pictures, going out to dinner, and then, like, you know, lighten up the town for a while until we come back. And that was it. Now, John, you don't know him. That's her boyfriend. He goes to the other school, and... They like he has a whole like crew of his friends who've known each other since they were two years old or whatever, um, and they're all going to that dance. Now he he was gonna like take her jewels around and show her off, and it's like holy shit, because John is her internet boyfriend. I right. tell you, you know about this. I tell you no, about no, this no. guy. You don't no. know him. No. Oh my god. An internet boyfriend. Yeah. Well, I they mean, were... for him, he, it's a big deal. He wants to sh- prove that this this uh, young woman is real. He fucking hit the lottery. What, they were down here, Jules and her friends, one night, and then, like, Nicole or something is going around on Instagram, finding people around, and, like, FaceTiming, whatever Instagram's version of that, or maybe it was, fa- yeah. I don't, I think it was Instagram, whatever, right, video sure. chat thing. And they're just like video chatting for hours with these dudes, Eddie okay. and John. And I'm like, this is so that. fucked up. I don't get it. It's fucked but, up. Well, I don't know. I, yeah. Just randos, man. It's uh, even yeah. worse than randos. Local, yeah. local randos. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, sure. And they're like having a sleepover, and those dudes are like, "Holy shit, four teenage girls!" Cha-ching, right? Yeah. So anyway, like I'm inserting myself in there because my cackles are up here. Cackles, mm-hmm. hackles, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, all, all of them. They're all up. All up. Whatever they are, they're all up. And I'm like, yeah, the. All these girls are like 13. Get out of here, you fucking assholes and that kind of shit. But I was like, all right, they're actually okay. And I was like, oh, he's cool over there. He's on his laptop. He's got his glasses on. He looks very studious. I'm like, oh, what about him? And then Jules keeps like. So you're like on the video call with the girls. Yeah. You're like sitting there and like you're commenting on the guy. You're you're, you're, you're totally a participant in this at that point. Okay, good. Totally. Very good. Very good. Okay. I'm in there with it. Yeah. And it's like, all right, Eddie's kind of a whatever. But John was cool. And Jules just keeps, apparently just keeps FaceTiming with him or whatever. And then like a week later, it's like, oh, I'm, (laughs) I don't remember if it's, I'm going over to John's house. Or like, oh, John's coming over. I was like, oh, yeah. 
And then, no, that was real. I'm like, wait a second. You have an internet boyfriend? And now it's it's like they've been together. Barely an internet boyfriend. They've been together for, what do you mean barely? That's how they discovered each other. Sure, it's how they discovered each other. But but, I mean, it was only, it was kind of like an icebreaker for a week. And then they're like, it, it would have to be like long term. Or, or long distance, like relationship, I think to truly qualify as internet boyfriend. But it was internet boyfriend for a week or two. Yeah. Until yeah. there was actual face. Yeah. Face. But I to think face. a lot of that's how a lot of dating happens nowadays. Like even if it's someone you know, like you you start online. Yes. I could be but, wrong about that. But someone you know is the key here. These were just random people on the internet. Well, it's I'm talking not about like, the same thing, like on it's, Tinder it's not, or something. But yeah, go on, go on. High school children, especially <laughs> my high school children, shouldn't be on Tinder. Tinder, yeah, maybe It's not. like, fine, you are aware of them because they go to your high school and then maybe like, oh, you're actually pretty cool because maybe they have a better like online shtick than right. an in-person shtick and then you get to right. know them and then maybe you hang out in person. It's like, oh, wow, I thought you were a tool and you're actually all right this wasn't that this was only internet first yeah yeah and then like oh yeah i'm gonna drive to this kid's house and hang out with him who well, i've how never far met away? how 30 far minutes okay so i guess okay all right what do you mean it's so in what way that's, is it okay that's like further than i was thinking for some yes reason. it's not like it's not woodson you know like yeah. right down the street this is way yeah. out there yeah. Yeah, it's borderline. It's, you're pushing me over the borderline. But it's all good. He's a good guy. I like well, him. Well, that's good. It's like he's not one of these. He comes in is like, hello, yes, yes, sir, and then they go away. It's like he'll hang out and talk and shoot yeah. the shit, and he's very open. And you know it's okay. Like, they're hanging out in the basement, and you come downstairs. You don't hear the conversation stop and then start a different like more right. acceptable conversation. they just keep being like oh fucking she, that guy's yeah. an asshole and they just keep going or whatever right right it's all fine so yeah. but anyway football homecoming i really don't understand because homecoming do they have to schedule these because the school that's having homecoming on that friday or saturday mm-hmm. like you should be playing your football game at home but that sounds like a scheduling nightmare because the other team is now playing an away game. So they have to have their homecoming a on a, dif- a different week. Yeah. And how do you get that? Who organizes that? Well, I don't think it's, it has to be that hard. What do you mean? There's tons so of schools. Well, you, you have one school around there. Yeah. We have like 50. But we still have... But still, like everyone... So imagine, pretend homecoming doesn't exist, and every high school gets their football schedule. Like, that's worked out. Who plays who on what weekends, home away, right? Like, and that's, I imagine, probably worked out, like, a year in advance or something. Or or close to that. Sure. Or maybe even multiple years, or maybe six months. I don't know. But that's worked out. So each school is like, well, which weekend is going to be homecoming? Which, 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 like, early, like, like most high schools are going to have a, 
home game in the first half of October, wouldn't you think? And uh, just like, well, this will be homecoming. Maybe, maybe. And that, like I said, that's different when you're in a rural area, perhaps. And But I think the thing, yeah. the wrinkle that maybe you're overlooking is that first half of October is only two Fridays. So you got to work all your homecomings in to two Fridays, which means every school needs to have a home game on one of two Fridays. Yeah. And that seems like a challenge. Well, does it? Maybe it is. Maybe yes. I'm underestimating because I'm like, if so if you have 50 teams, so that's 25 games. Well, they don't. They play 11 games or something. But I mean, it's 25 games on one day because it's 50 teams. So I'm just assuming they're all playing, right? Right. I'm, I'm oversimplifying. I think adding even, yeah, maybe, I don't know. So maybe that's where I'm wrong because I'm oversimplifying. So in my mind, you have 50 teams. So on this weekend, there's 25 games. Because everyone's playing someone else in this 50-team league, 50-school thing, whatever we're going to call it. And so school, then the next weekend, they just have to make district. sure anyone that had a way gets a... Well, it's not school. Don't school districts play against each other? Yeah, I get. I don't fucking know, Brad. I mean, again, we only have one high school in our school district, so we're only right. playing teams from other districts. They're coming from like hour away, two hours away. Yeah. I, um, I, I, granted, I, I don't, don't know, know the ins and outs of any... like. I think there's I enough. I probably know the ins and outs of high school football and the administration thereof less than I even do of like professional or college. So yeah, that's shocking. I know. Um, <clears throat> there's plenty of high schools in our district that they can just play each other, but I, I don't know if they play teams from different counties or different school districts or not. But is there also a thing where they want to schedule like a really great game for homecoming? Like it's our homecoming. We want to, we want to go against the team that we know we're going to win or have a good chance, or maybe it's a rivalry game. No idea. Like, I feel like there's more. And if it's a rivalry game, that like inherently means both teams think it's important. So then there's the whole thing. No, we get this one for homecoming. You can have it next year or something. Yeah. You see, there's more to it than you think. Yeah, once you add some of those other factors in, well, well, so Penn State, this is Penn State's homecoming this weekend. We played Purdue. Had a little tougher time than we should have with them. Oh, we did? In the second half. I mean, I didn't really watch any of the game. I just saw the final score. Yeah, the final was, score is not a good. substantial. Well, it was 28 to 7 at halftime. I'll put it that way. Okay. And then nothing after that. It was kind of embarrassing. That should have been like 62 to 7. So so in terms of the rankings, and here's where we get into sports stuff, I feel like I have to tread lightly. Yeah, you better. Because people, but like, so is, so, so I guess in the terms of like the Purdue team versus the Penn State team, like the Penn State team is the one on paper that's, supposed to very easily win. Trump. Yes. Not just on paper, but by the results thus far on the field yes. in this season. Yes. Right. Yeah. Based on that, yeah. And and we like you said, despite the second half, the final score was, you know, it wasn't necessarily a close score at the end. 
Yeah, but it's not good enough. Yeah. So I guess the bottom line. So I guess I was just asking that to my theory that it's homecoming. It might be a game where, you know, you're playing a team that you know you'll win because it's your homecoming game. You want to win. No, it's that, like, that uh, does not check out because no? the way college football works is <clears throat> they only schedule like the first half of the season is tends to be the lighter part of your schedule for teams just in general right so it's not necessarily because of homecoming it's just all these games right because i noticed that like the first game of the season is always like soup cans knock them over yeah empty soup cans yeah they're they're stacked up in a little pyramid and then you go over and you just kick them over Yes, and that's like the first five or six games of the season. First okay. half of the schedule is generally okay. so easier it's not, okay. opponents. And yeah. I don't think homecoming factors into that at all. Gotcha. It's just a coincidence. Like, yes, if there, even if there wasn't such a thing as homecoming, we'd still be having a similar game that weekend. Correct. An easy Correct. game. All right. Now, next week starts the more difficult part of our schedule, the second half. Um, and we're, we're playing ranked teams. So college football works like... The top 25 teams in the country are ranked. Well, that's why they're the top 25 teams in the country. The Associated Press ranks the top 25 teams. It's Alabama, then everybody else. Alabama's always number one the last, whatever, 800 years. And then everybody else, 2 to 25. Penn State was ranked 12 right now. Purdue is not ranked. And they're one and three. I don't know if they've played a ranked team, and they've still lost three times. They're just not that good. They're in a completely different league. So getting out to a 28 to seven lead in the first half, great. Let's do 56 to seven or give them a throwaway touchdown at the end, 56 to 14, something like that. That's right. how it should go. Now back in the day, when the other man used to coach, he notoriously wouldn't run up the score on opponents. He'd put his third, fourth, stri- just play everyone. You know, if it was right. twenty-eight Give to seven, give them a chance to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not their even chance a chance. To... Just like d- trying to be a good sportsman about it. Right. You know, not gotcha. like. But well, it works for everyone. Like those, no, those do- third stringers get their it, thing. It doesn't work for everyone, Brad, well. especially back in the day. <laughs> Let me finish. Okay, okay. Because especially back in the day, the NCAA football championship was determined by computers. Right. And they would rank your strengths of your strength of schedule. Uh, how much did you win by? How many points per game? And they factored all of these things in. And then whatever that equation spat out, like, okay, here are the top two teams, and they play for the national championship. That means more scholarships, you know, more money for the school, more prestige, more students coming in. Great. Yay. That's like, what's the point of having a football program unless you want to win the championship. All right, I hear where you're. That's coming what you're from going now. for, right? Yeah. So he would notoriously just take the the foot off the gas at the end of games, and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I appreciate Franklin. He doesn't do that. Yeah. And that's why this score in particular was like, ooh, not good, bro. Because he was trying. He was. Yeah. They were still like all in starters in the game, trying to like do their best. 
And it's like, hey, sorry, you're worse than us, but this is what we're doing. We're competing and trying to win. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's so, not a time for sportsmanship. This is right. not like sixth well, given, grade basketball that no, I used I'm to with coach. You now. So given that, it seems crazy that the other guy would do that. I know. It was very frustrating. So why does everyone love him so much if he threw away our championships on his sportsmanship? So I guess they love him because of the sportsmanship. Because of that. Yeah. See, he's different. That's how it works. I okay, I'm, I'm starting to I'm starting to feel it all. I'm starting but to it get was, it all swirling in my brain here, the cosmos. I can start to feel it. All right, okay. But it was so super frustrating to watch. It's like, what? Come on, you're playing like University of Toledo, and it's like twenty-one to seven in the third quarter, and you took everyone out, and you're playing your scrubs. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You need to score eight more touchdowns just to have a chance here. <laughs> because every game is like, it determines the outcome. Right. Every yeah. touchdown determines the outcome. How many yards you run for determines it. How many yards you pass for determines it. How many points the other team scores against you determines it. How shitty the other team is determines it. And it's like, nah. We're, I, they're not going to come back. They're not going to score two touchdowns. We're good. <laughs> it's like, fuck. <laughs> Stop being such a good person, asshole. Yeah. I mean, I was vaguely aware of this whole, like, decided by computer thing. Yeah. Because I remember my first year going to Penn State. It was very controversial because... And again, I only kind of picked this up little pieces by osmosis or whatever, but my understanding, which I'm sure is flawed, was like Penn State more or less had a perfect season. We beat everyone. We didn't lose a single game. Right. And we weren't in the championship. And it was Correct. Like, well, what the fuck? How else? Like... I mean, I will admit, it seems odd. Like, So it's impossible to be the champion. You can win every game. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you got to run the score up. It's a fixed, It's a weird system, yeah. You can't beat... So is... It, yeah, go on. Well, you can't beat, like, you know, southeastern Wisconsin State two-year program, only has an associate's degree in, like, food service... You know, 14 to 10. You just can't do that. Even if you win right. all your games, you need to beat them 186 to zero. Yeah. What, um, do they still do it that way? No. This changed, like, I don't know, six or seven years ago. So there's a, now, thank God, there's a four-team playoff. So they only, they still kind of do it, but it's, it's the Associated Press rankings now. Mm-hmm. So the top four teams are in a playoff. Okay. Number one plays number four. Winner advances. Number two plays number three. Winner advances. And that's the championship game. Right. So it's still similar, except they just kind of opened it up a little bit. So you don't have to be the top two. They're still the top four. So it's a little... Right, which would prevent these, you know, like atrocities right. where right. Penn State goes undefeated and they're not 
<laughs> even yeah. in the conversation. That right. won't happen anymore. There's almost never five undefeated teams. And even if there are, it's like, well, no, number five is clearly worse than one of the other ones. So whatever. Yeah. We okay. Now, this was a little touchy a couple of years ago, two, three years ago with Penn State, because we were right on the edge. We had lost one game, and it's like, oh, we're right there. We're number five, and I think it's University of Washington or something. It was number four, and it's like it came down to the last day, and it's like, I don't know how it's going to shake out, and I don't know. There was voting and shit going on. And it's like, nope, didn't get it. So it's still a little dicey, but it's not like at least – it's not computers determining right. the two teams. Right. Which well, I'm fine does that with. Mean, does that mean that the AP... So is it computers determining four teams, or is these AP rankings not done by computer? This like is they're where done by humans with heart that are kind of like, well, we're going to... It's a little subjective, or is it still I, just purely algorithmic? I'm, I think it's a little subjective now, but this is where my knowledge starts to fade. But I, I think there is some subjectivity to it now, which is good. That's all we want. We, you need some humans in the process somewhere. Right. Not exclusively because there's too much bias, but like it should be some sort of combination. Because you don't want the AI in charge of everything. No, especially not who plays in the playoffs. No, no, especially not that. Like, I think the AI was in charge of me trying to shut down Lightroom Classic today, and it freezing up. Do you want to back up your catalog? This won't back up your photos, just backs up your catalog. Yeah. Uh, okay, I guess. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I already saved it. Why should I back it up? What the fuck? Doesn't affect my photos. It's just, ugh. All right, do it. And then it's like, okay, here's a little time bar. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's going to be a whole thing. I didn't think it'd be a whole thing now. And it's yeah. a whole thing. No, it's and then a whole it thing. froze. Used to it. And then I had to force quit it. Was it. Um, I don't want this to be another Lightroom episode. Well, but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You told, you, you're really throwing me off there because I had a whole other topic to go into. Now all I can think of is your Lightroom. How many photos you got in that library? Well, I want to say mm, under 200. Okay, yeah. So yeah, it froze. Why? Or something. I don't know cuz is that that's not a lot. Things freeze or something weird happened. Like where was it saving your backup to? Onto my fastest rated drive. Cuz I was going to say I mean, I don't know what would might make it crap out there. It seems kind of weird that if there's only 200 photos it would crap out, but who knows? I they mean, weren't something. even raw. They were JPEGs. Well, again, that doesn't matter because it's not actually doing the photos. It's just doing the. Yeah, the surface the, data. Basically. Yeah, yeah, like like the uh, the library data, in essence, right. that it but, uses to. But isn't it still looking at the stuff, though, on some level? Well, when you import them or whatever, all that stuff. Well, I'm going to speak out of turn because I could be wrong, but all that stuff is kind of saved into the library so it can access it quicker so it's not like oh let me show you a folder of 200 pictures that's like open every one and look at what's in there right it's just like it's just like kind of like a database oh there's 200 pictures in this photo and we know everything about doom it just instantly pops up on your screen right or if not instant like it takes maybe a second versus taking like 20 seconds you know like it would just be impossible without it like caching all this data and doing that in that library and that's where people 
And again, it's such an elaborate thing. I guess people get worried that if their library gets corrupted, let's say like you have to force quit and the library is kind of bleh, like you have all the photos, but like to rebuild everything you did, like the edits you applied to them and your metadata, the ones you starred or flagged and how you organized them in collections and other stuff, tags you might add, like all that stuff is just like will be gone. Right. Because it's all stored in one giant ass fucking crazy file. Right. I understand that. But So that's why it's always saying, well, back it up. Like, people just make a backup of it. Like, yeah. like every time you quit, just automatically. Make, it used to do the backup. Well, no, that's not true. Yeah. I mean, I don't really give a shit. I'm not. This isn't like my livelihood. It's just right, fucking exactly. homecoming pictures. So yeah, fuck. It doesn't you know what? matter. Fuck it. Fuck the database. Everything's gone. Don't give a shit. I still have the photos. Yeah. If this yeah. was like work, I would care. Right. And Don't if you care. had 400,000 photos that you've all spent time editing and organizing and right. ranking and metadata. Yeah. It's like your you entire. You don't want to jump off a bridge. Life. Yes. Yeah. But perform this thought experiment with me because you're saying that just because it's saving data to the database itself that's all it's accessing not the photos doesn't need those if those two if the photos were on one physical drive the database is on a separate physical drive which might be a good practice anyway mm -hmm. i don't really know but yeah like that's how okay, i do it makes sense i do that for you know, video stuff, but again, this stuff isn't important and I'm just learning. Um, anyway, so I, I've did, I've, all my edits are finished to my photos. I've color corrected. I flagged, I've tagged metadata, all of that's done, right? Save whatever. Now I'm going to quit Lightroom before I do that. I disconnect or eject the drive containing my photos. Now I quit Lightroom. And it says, do you want to back up your database? I say, sure. Will it be able to do that? Yes. All right. I, I think so. Maybe there's some uh, like gotchas in there, but my so <laughs> we're really going to turn this into a Lightroom app. I like it. The, yeah. Well, my, I was using it effectively for, for the yeah. most part yesterday. I was yeah. really proud of myself. My. Um, like, like, so I have a computer and it has a internal drive. It's a laptop, but obviously that drive is not big enough to store all my photos. Madness. So I have an external drive with the photos on it. My Lightroom. And by that, I mean, it would be madness to assume that your internal right. drive could handle all of that. Right. Yeah. My Lightroom. Uh, I want to I say the technical term is catalog. Whatever that file that we're talking about back yes. up that has all this stuff. It's catalog. That, that is on my actual laptop drive, though. Makes sense. And what I tend to do. So if you is, bump the USB cable or whatever, it's not like oh everything's fucked. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not actually why I do it. I do it because I can. Let's say I'm just have the laptop and I'm not at my desk where my external drives are. Like I can still, or if I'm you know going on a trip over a weekend, I can take the laptop with me and still use Lightroom. Let's say I have pictures on a card. I want to import them into Lightroom. I can do that and import them onto the local drive on my laptop, edit them, do the things I want. And then when I get around to it and I'm back at my desk and I'm plugged into the external drive, I can say, okay move these folders to the external drive and Lightroom will do that. 
but it still knows everything I did, you know, so I can kind of, so it's kind of like a, you know, I can work on this mobile without having to have the drives with me. Right. So let's, let's talk this through real quick so I can understand. Yeah. And there's another, well, there's another piece to this. Well, let's, I don't know. Let's have you talk it through let, first. Let's then I'll build explain it up. the other piece. Yeah. Let's build it up piece by piece. You're out of town. You got your camera. Yeah. You're shooting digital for some reason, even though yeah. I thought you were exclusively filmed for well, a while. Well, maybe I'm out of town and I get film scans, uh, you know, emailed to me from my so, film scanning agency. That so much for too. not overcomplicating this, but okay. Doesn't you get matter your- if it, the pictures are from <laughs> film or digital. Doesn't matter. Right. Same Why are thing. we talking about it then? Same thing will happen. You have a little card with photos on it. Yeah. Okay. You chunk it into your card reader you open up lightroom you import your photos mm-hmm. well you're copying the photos over to your local drive inside your laptop yeah first room is doing that right but me. you're not gonna you're not gonna leave them on your card you're gonna no. copy them okay so you got them there lightroom you do all your color correction all your shit flag tag metadata done now Take the card out, close the laptop, get on the plane, fly home. You're at home. Have a cider. Go to bed. Wake up the next day. Go to work. Don't do much. Come home. You're too tired. Watch TV. Yep. Go to bed. Uh huh. Uh huh. Go to bed. Wake up. Uh, Roll in at the crack of noon. Work an hour or two. Come home. Still too tired. Wake up the next day. Now it's like, okay, I'm going to access my photos and do some more shit on the stuff I got when I was on my trip. Yeah. All right. You open up your laptop. You don't need the little card anymore because you've copied them over locally to your internal hard drive. You open up Lightroom. Now you want those photos to be on your external drive because that's your photo drive. You open up Lightroom. You open the catalog. It's referencing the ones on your internal drive. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you have to do now? Do you have to physically copy them over, like manually? You do have to do it within Lightroom. You have to, to do keep, it within you know, Lightroom. Well, I mean, I'm just going to say, just for the case of simplification, I'm going to say you have to do it in Lightroom. If you end up not doing it in Lightroom, there's a way to recover what you did, but just don't do that. Just do it in Lightroom. Just do it in Go Lightroom, okay. In Lightroom, because Lightroom is going to show you your different drives in there and the different kind of folders that Lightroom is using to store photos, like because you've told Lightroom about them. You know, you've said Lightroom, this folder has my pictures in it. This is another folder with pictures. You know, you kind of see them all like separately, these kind of root places that have photos. Yeah, and, and this, I, this is kind of a put and get situation for me because I see them over there, but yeah, to me that seems like a media browser. And it's, it is like a media browser, but you can but also not. move things. You can also drag a folder from one place to another or blow, br- put a photo from one thing to another. But it, that's not changing the data on your physical drives. It's not moving. Yes, it is. Sh- oh, it is. Well, there's two things. There's collections and there is folders. Collections well, are just abstract. I was still at catalog, though. Well, catalog is what encompasses all of this. Catalog is just like the file that has your entire Lightroom universe in it. So you there's you can only ever have one Lightroom catalog? You can have multiple catalogs, oh but they're God. two completely separate universes. Baby, you know what I mean? Baby like, universes? Yes. It's like 
trillion, just the same way a trillion you have, trillion trillion years <laughs> yeah something like that exactly they, they, yeah because, I mean, you have a different Lightroom universe than I do. You open up Lightroom, you see your shit. I open up Lightroom, I see my shit. Now, I could have a second catalog with completely separate shit, completely different everything. But how you know? would... But, I mean, and some that... people might do that. Like, if you're a professional, you might have a catalog for, like, just your personal photos and one for all your professional stuff or something so they don't get intermingled. And that's a different database file. Yeah. And so that's It's like a completely separate instance of Lightroom. Well, I don't like talking about it like that because Lightroom think, is a piece of software to me. Right. Well, think of it as it's almost as if you had a separate computer with Lightroom on it with different stuff. Like it, it's just a whole separate thing. I mean, I, I don't. Why do we have to get so abstract about it? Like I can open up Premiere and it's like I open up this project. That's a completely different project. Yeah. I open up a different project. You know, it's different shit referencing different shit like I guess you can, except most people don't have different catalogs for different projects. They have a catalog for everything. It's as if you had like a project organizer interface in 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 uh, I Premiere see. In that Premier, said, "Here's gotcha. all your projects." That sounds awful, though. Let's That's... move thing from one project to another. Let's combine things. Let's use this footage in six different projects, well, and but you... have it all in one. It's all tracked in, on one higher level than a project. In right. Premiere. I mean, I do that sometimes, but I'll just either, you know, throw caution to the wind and just reference some piece of video that's outside of the folder yeah. where most of the shit is kept for that project. Or most cases, best case scenario, unless the files are too big, I will trans like copy them over to the yeah. folder where the project is. Yeah. I, I just think that Lightroom, like the photos and the workflow of, let's say, like a photographer versus a film editor. Well, it's different. Or a filmmaker is just different, so they're not exactly one-to-one correlation. No, like this of idea not. of a Lightroom catalog, there isn't an idea of that in Premiere. Right. Right. But you can have multiple catalogs, which you makes can sense. If you want. Like if you're yeah. a professional photog and that's all you do all the time, it makes sense to have different catalogs then. It might. We got a million photos and it's like you're going on a family trip you don't necessarily want, you know, yeah, pictures exactly. of your kid eating an ice cream cone right, right. with like the Nat Geo stuff of gorillas in the mist. Yeah, exactly. No, that's 100 percent true. Yes, that's a good. I think that's one of the few use cases for it I can think of. Like, I don't think typically I, I'm sure everyone's different. I'm sure someone can be like, oh, that's how I do it and write into us. But, you know, typically that you're not making like a new Lightroom catalog for every project or every client. Yeah, we're definitely like going to get some positive fan mail about this. <laughs> yes, yeah. that's but uh, <laughs> wearing your rose-colored Lightroom glasses again. Yeah, but it will. Uh, but so the part that I was going to add on to this yeah. with my workflow. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. what I do is I always, even if I'm at my desk and my external drives are on, I always import the photos to my local laptop drive. And Why? what I will do it because then if I take the laptop away from the desk, I take it, um, you know, out with me to the coffee shop or um, traveling or wherever I have or even just into the living room because this is all just done and none of this is networked. So even if I'm in the living room versus my office, I don't have access 
to those drives, I can still bring it up and work on the photos. And then it's just when my internal drive starts getting close to being filled, I'm like, oh, shit, I better move offload some of this onto the other drive. Right. That's a stopgap sort of measure where it's like this particular batch of photos I can keep on my internal drive. But that's not a long term solution. You're going to run out of space. Yeah. And so then I move them. But I always have the most recent photos on my drive. That makes sense. So I can always get to them because those are the ones I'm most interested in. You know, and then once the drive gets filled up, it's kind of like. And I might not even erase, remove everything. I'll just be like, well, let me see how many photos are here. Well, I have photos, you know, from March until October. So let me get rid of everything from March until August off. And I'll keep the September and October ones because they're more recent. I still might want to do stuff with them. You have like a a three-month roving period of time where it's like you keep the most recent three months worth of shit or something. It's like anything older than three months, I should have been done with it. So I'm moving it off to my drive. Now now there's yet another element to this, but hold on though, before keep it, keep it though. I I want to get to it. Um, so you're going to move now the pre August stuff. We'll say Mm -hmm. you're just going to keep the most recent three months worth of photos to do that. You go, you connect to your external drive, you open Lightroom, mm-hmm. and then you tell Lightroom to take care of it. Yeah. You, you don't s- fucking do that yourself in Finder. No. I'd okay. say Lightroom, move these folders to here, and then it does it. And, and does- Lightroom knows that those folders that were here are now here, those pictures, and it just keeps carrying, like, it doesn't, yeah, no it, no fuss. And it deletes them from your internal drive. Yes, so this is not a copy paste situation. No, it's a move. It's it's moving them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got it. Let's continue. So the other just aspect of this I'll mention is that even the files that are on the external drive, if I don't have it connected, I can still access them to some degree. Thumbnails. Yeah, it's actually smart. Well, I have it set to do smart previews, just which a, I'm not entirely sure what that is. Sounds exactly. like a higher res preview. Or yeah, higher res thumbnail, well, I mean. It's a lower res version. It's, like it's a lower information version, but in essence, it still keeps... It's not like making JPEGs. It's still keeping like that dynamic, like the, the data that's more akin to raw, just smaller. That's so weird. I can still do things like... You know, go crazy and bring all the shadow detail up or take the highlights way down and still see that. Like, you wouldn't see that in a JPEG. A smart preview still has that. And you can still apply adjustments to it the way you would to a RAW file. And it's going to look, it's going to show you in that preview exactly what it will look like. So, you know what my question's going to be. Okay. Well, well... No, I don't actually. What, what information is it missing, and then why doesn't the camera just shoot in whatever fucking format that is? <laughs> if it's so much smaller, you well, know. because it's it's le- it's less. Um, it's like instead of being okay. So you're asking a question. I'm I'm giving an answer with the knowledge that I could be wrong. But in essence, instead of being let's say six thousand pixels by six thousand pixels, uh huh, it might be like. 2,000 pixels by 2,000 pixels. And it might have... Yeah, I don't know. It, it's... Um, so it'll be at one-sixth of the size. It's definitely, without a doubt, less less size, for right. sure. It's small. It's a smaller file, but it's still mm-hmm. a substantial... So when you choose, like, smart previews, you are going to take up 
a substantial amount of space, like one sixth. If it's a, you know, you're taking huge ass pictures and each photo is like mm-hmm. 60 megs or something. Your mm-hmm. smart preview file will be like 10 megs, maybe. Um, yeah, it can't be that. I feel it's even more clever in what it does because they're nowhere near that big. What? Well, how then? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. It just works somehow. Like when if you if I don't know if there's like a toggle button where you can toggle back and forth like smart preview, like you're connected to your external. You're in your full habitat right now, Lightroom mm-hmm. habitat. Is there a way you can toggle back and forth like an A-B smart preview, full res, smart preview, full res? If there is, I don't know how to do it. Because I would be interested to know if you could tell a difference. Like you, you really crank the blacks down or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you dial in the clouds because they were kind of blown out. You do all that shit and then toggle back and forth and see if you can notice a difference. Well, so here's the one thing that I know you'll do because, like, if you hit like the Z button, it put, takes you in the zoom mode. Well, that's how I end it. But and that's where you see all your lines and stuff that you don't like with trucks in the distance. Yes. So you can see like one, yeah, so like I have it set to show, let's say, one-to-one, all right, which means one pixel on the screen is one pixel of the photo. And so I'll hit Z sometimes to look, zoom in and look at it that, at that level. If I do that on a smart preview, the external drive is not attached, it barely zooms in at all. Hmm. Because this thing, pixel-wise, is so much smaller. Now, if the thing's attached and I hit Z, you're going in there. You know, you're looking at pores on people's faces. Right. Right. Whereas if I do it on the smart preview, it just makes it like the photo like twice as big. Hmm. You know, it kind of zooms in like 2x, like hardly like it's not. Yeah, you're not looking at pores or anything doing that. Uh, Here on uh, the Adobe website, it says, for example, 500 raw images from a high end DSLR camera may occupy 14 gigabytes of disk space. The smart preview files for the same images amounted to 400 megabytes of disk space. Hmm. So, so one thirty fifth or so, one thirty eighth. That's something like that. Incredible. Yeah. So I have the smart previews for my entire library is on my internal drive. Right. right. So I can still on my laptop go in and look at photos. You know, if I want, if someone's like, "Oh, do you have a photo of of this thing or that or?" Whatever, you know, I, I could I can do that. Like I can still go through and do organ. I do a lot of like reorganizing, not to say like changing my organizational scheme, but deciding like, oh, I'm looking for photos of mine with this certain theme. Here's a new theme I need to uncover. And I go back and I'm like, I'll create a collection called like, you know, choke and puke or something. And right. then I'll um, blurry cats. Volume nine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's basically an offline online workflow. Yeah, assuming that yeah, yeah. 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 But it seems like they're doing a little extra voodoo where like again, it, I know it's not a one to one, it's not a perfect analogy, but working in video, you make proxies of all of your, you know, gigantic video files and they're tiny. They're smaller you know height by width but also smaller resolution so they're just tiny like a fraction maybe even smaller than what you're describing right 
smart preview to like a right. raw. It image. might be like yeah, instead yeah yeah. Um, like a forty gig file might be forty megs or something. Um, but equivalent, it's equivalent. It's not, I don't think it's an order of magnitude. Actually, I think that's overstating it. Um, mm -hmm. It's equivalent to that. But now I couldn't. I could do color correction, do some of the same things you would do on a still photo. Like, you know, I want to increase the contrast. I want to bring up the skin tones, whatever. White balance it a little bit. I could do that to a degree, and it would probably be okay. But once I then reconnect to the high-res stuff, I'd be like, oh, that's not quite right, and I'd still have to tweak it. Do you mm -hmm. find that you have to go and tweak the stuff you've done on a smart preview once it like you're seeing the full res thing and it's like oh that wasn't quite right i missed some shit i didn't get the clouds the detail of the clouds quite right because i couldn't see enough yes although i don't know if it's because something inherent in a smart preview or it's just the fact that i am just not very disciplined so you know my well no it's not a good example the example I'm using is going from an iPad to a laptop. Yeah, on the laptop. Yeah, I don't know. I want to say no. Hmm. I'm going to say no, but I'm not really sure. All right. Well, good to know. I've made progress on Lightroom as of a couple days ago. So it, it felt good to not be like completely confounded by yeah. it. Yeah, I was very confounded by it for a long time because I originally used Aperture. Right. And I think that interface-wise is a lot easier to just instantly grok and use, whereas the the learning and I I don't mean I was never quite sure how much of it was due to the fact that I had to unlearn Aperture's conventions and relearn Lightroom's. But like when I first went to Lightroom, I was like, this is this is crazy. It's like, like they're who <laughs> dreamed this up, right. you know? Like like Aperture was just like oh yeah this makes like um, tons of sense it's like the software engineers were being willfully obtuse yeah or like they were being maybe too clever because the way aperture has these different modes like oh you're in library develop print well that's lightroom you're whatever. talking about yeah lightroom yeah. is like and i guess i get it like depending on what you want to do let's reconfigure the interface to optimize it for that but i think on some level well, that maybe is like an interesting thought. I just, I don't know. Like Aperture, you didn't have to do that. Right. Yeah, that was a little. Like you kind of did it, but you were, if you were looking at a bunch of photos, you would, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to describe. I mean, I think I understood the library, develop, et cetera, et cetera, intuitively. That was fine. But something, like I get it. Like here's library. It just shows you everything. You're not going to fuck around with stuff. To do that, mm -hmm. you go to develop. It's like, okay, that makes sense. Fine. Like, that's a choice they made. I get it. I may not agree with it, but at least I understand it. But, like, I'm in library mode, and I see, like, the grid layout of all the photos. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've got a series of 20 photos, say, all taken, you know, outside with the same lighting conditions. It's the same three people. And I just want to apply. Like, I did the work on one photo. I have those settings. I saved that as a preset. It's over there on the left now. Hoko underscore 01 or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. I see it there. Now I got 19 more photos. 
I would like to, or even just one photo, I would like to select that photo, click on the preset and drag it onto that photo and have that do what you would think that would do, mm. which is apply that preset to the photo I dragged it on. And like you can drag it and it should, I forget what the icon, but it changes like it looks like it's going to put it there, but it doesn't. It just goes to show, I think, how like computer human interaction is so hard because you're here talking about you have this expectation you should be able to drag a preset onto a photo. Right. And that is, I don't, under, like, I, like, I would never think, like, oh, let me drag a preset onto a photo. That's a way to apply a preset. So how, like, would, how would you apply the preset intuitive? Well, there is no intuitive I just, at this point. I, I just click on the preset. Like, it's like, I'm looking at a photo. I'm in a develop tab. It says, here's a bunch of presets along with, you know, and I just click on it. The same way, like, if I want to, like, increase exposure, I drag the slider. So wait, you would you're in the library window. I'm talking about Lightroom specifically now. Yeah, I'm talking about that too. All right, you're in the li library wow. inter window and the grid thing. You have a photo selected in library, and you go over to the left and just click on the preset, and you expect it to apply that to the photo. Well, I one, that I makes would do sense. This, I would do this in the develop section because I'm developing but photos I, at this. I point. don't think that works. It 100 percent works. God damn it. We're going to have to do a, a screen share pro no, session. No, I'm fucking opening it right now. You might have crazy app. Maybe you have crazy. I'm using classic um, now. modules. Yeah, I'm using classic too. All fuck right. that. Yeah, fuck that's a non-classic. Right. I looked at it and I was like, fuck this shit. Classic. I mean, they updated it in 2019. How bad can it be? As far as like whether they completely, you know, move on from it. All right, develop. Okay, yeah. so first problem is there's no grid interface in develop. It's one photo. Exactly. That's why I mean having to switch to library to fucking do grids and go to develop to not. That's what's crazy about this. But how, you actually how do can I get a, apply the preset to 20 photos at one time? Well, you, for starters, we started with wanting to apply it to one. No, I, I rolled it so, back just so we could start somewhere. I didn't want to overcomplicate. Okay. Really, I want to apply it to 20 at a time. I All can right. apply it to one photo at a time. You can just go copy and paste. No, I can find a way to do that. It's not that hard. Well, using like sync settings. Sync settings? Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you fucking copy and paste a preset. Um, you copy and paste settings from one photo to another, and you can do this in the library window. Yeah, it's called sync settings. All right, whatever. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's develop settings, and it's copy settings. So, booyah. Are you in the develop? I'm in library. You can do this from within the library window, which is great because you have the okay. grid interface. So I can okay. I can go to develop set, right click go to develop settings, copy settings. I just choose them all. I assume that I knew what I was doing when I did that. Mm -hmm. And now, I don't know if I've done it to multiple ones, ever. But I'm gonna just to choose two bullshit photos, and go to develop settings, paste settings. Where the hell is develop settings? And I, I don't think that worked, actually. I tried Where is to, develop settings? I tried to do... Standby. I tried to do two at one time, and that didn't work. Um, you right-click on an image 
in the you're in library grid view. All right. Right click sure. and you get your context menu. Go down to develop settings. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work for multiple photos. It doesn't. I just tried. It works for one photo at a time. Yeah, because when you right clicking on it, you you're, you can't right click on a group. You're right clicking Again, it gets confusing because Lightroom, even if you select multiple photos by using a shift click, you'll see one of them is still brighter. That's like the primary photo, hmm. you know, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right. That's how that works, which I guess is, again, a, a thing about. No, it just worked for me. I just selected five pictures, six pictures in that grid view, I right clicked and then said develop settings, convert to black and white, and they all just changed to black and white. Okay, but that that's not what I'm doing though. Well, I'm just saying anything under that develop settings is going to apply to multiple photos. Well, it's not working for me. Well, your computer so, must be broken. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Dad. Um, copy settings. I have one that I did the nice things to. Um, to select multiple, are you holding down shift and selecting them? Yes. Okay, so I'm just going to do two. I have the nice color correction I've done here, and then the next two are dark. And I would like to apply this, right-click, develop settings, copy settings, copy, select the next two, right-click. One is brighter white, like you said which I thought you were onto something, like it can understand multiple things, but you're yeah. saying this works. Right-click, yeah. two. Does it matter if I click on the first one or the second one in the group? When you copy settings, you can only copy from one. Yes. Well, I'm saying now I've selected two photos. Does it matter if I right-click on the first one or the second one? Because one is bright or white. <laughs> I'm going to guess not. I'm going to guess not, too, but I'll click on the first one. Now, paste settings. All right, that worked. So I think before I was using command click to select them. Hmm. And that was like, it put a little X up in the top left. So it was like almost deselecting them by selecting multiple or something. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. So shift click. Because it gets a little tricky. Shift click sometimes goes in only a row. And if you want to do, you know, select some out of order, you have to, yeah, well, that's how this yeah, does it too. click, but yeah. So you got a command click if you want to select out of order, but that doesn't. So this might just simplify your whole process. Select the photos you want. And then in the right hand side, if assuming you have this, I don't know what the term for it is, but this like interface thing, this pod open or whatever, it should <laughs> say saved preset. All right. It's under quick development. And it's from a drop down. You select the preset you want. All right. That is a little window that I don't seem to have. Like, do you have a little triangle on the right side? No. That you click and it expands out a, 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 yes, a yes, yes. thing. And in there, there should be a thing, a whole section called quick develop. I ha No, I don't have yeah. that. <clears throat> and the first thing says saved preset. Nope. I have histogram, quick develop, keyword, and keyword yeah, list quick metadata. Develop. That's the one I'm talking about. You said saved presets. Well, un, I said under quick develop is oh the God. first one is saved preset. All right. So then 
select we're still in library so i don't know what your yeah. big complaint about the library develop map tabs etc is because we can do some stuff here yeah all right and then you can select them all saved presets i mean you can't be serious when you think like that's an intuitive way to do that no, I don't think anything about this okay. application is intuitive <laughs> okay. in any way ever. Okay. Not right. a single fucking thing. Yes, I see it now. Why even show me the goddamn preset over on the left if I can't actually fucking use it? The preset is on the left in develop. It's not on the left in, in, in library, is it? In, uh, um, no, no, I guess it's not over there. Right. Well, but on the left, it shows you and you can use it. Just click on whatever you want to use. Yes. So you're looking at a yes. photo. Because in develop, you can only see one fucking photo at a time. Yeah. Right. Right. I don't know where. Oh. I mean, there is a film strip type thing on the bottom. You may have that turned off. You have to expand no, it. I, I see that. There's all those little triangles to like open and close your, your interface things. I feel like I had, like I was able to see... I'm probably wrong, but I feel like I was able to see the some of the presets I made within the library tab over on the left, but I'm probably just wrong. Yeah, that was in the develop tab. Yeah. So All right. Yeah. All right. Jesus Christ. Well, learn we learned something. We solved it. Yep. Now, all those people out there that are still listening, <laughs> they know. You know how to apply some presets easily. Yeah, there's some multiple ways to do it. Uh, you know, I learned too because that whole like right click and go to develop settings. I've never done that in my life. Yeah, well, I was at my wits end. I'm like, there has to be a way. <laughs> yeah, I just want the settings that are on this photo to be on this photo. Mm -hmm. I figured it out, but yeah, the that tab over the quick develop. I like that. That's that's better. You don't have to drag yep. it over. You just click select the photos, click it, done. Yep, great. Woo. What a load off. Yeah. That would have taken me a trillion, 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 trillion years, probably, to figure out. No, I think it probably only would have taken you about half a million. That's five hundred thousand. Yeah, five hundred thousand years. Years. Yeah. That is longer than humans have been on planet Earth, but... Yeah. Jesus, yeah. wow. Hmm. All right. Well. <laughs> we did have some notes here. Um, I have some food to make, though. I got to make football food. Yeah, which, so, yeah, okay. This is. I was going to ask you what the football thing was today, but I know you don't like dating the podcast, so maybe well, the, you, you don't know, have to say. We don't. Have, it's professional American football that's going on. It's not till four thirty, but I got some food prep to yeah, do. Yeah, got a lot of prep. Yeah, I'm gonna make a fondue. It doesn't matter. They're playing Green Bay, Wisconsin. So what I do is I try to look up like ah. cuisine from the opposing team because I'm just gonna eat you. Ah, fuck you. You know, ah, chew gotcha. you up and spit you out. But really, I'm just gonna swallow you. But that sounds gross. So I find cuisine from the opposing team and then I try to make that. So Green Bay, Wisconsin. It's like, what the fuck do they eat there? Sausages. They wear their cheese hats, so I'm going to make a fondue. And I think that's about... I'm not going to go too crazy. That's about cheese it. Cheese and sausage. 
Hey, and you get a little crudités and little breads. Concept. Little little vegetables you can dip into the fondue if you want to be a little healthier. You know that kind of thing. Well, thank you for teaching me a little about Lightroom. Um, Yeah, it's hard. Learning software is a skill unto itself. Yeah, yeah, especially this one. They don't. It's a lot. There's a lot there. Yeah, that's dense. Logic is like that. I'm using logic now. It's really hard. Not hard. It's just, it's dense. Yeah. I feel like with Lightroom, I know exactly how to do the things I generally want to do. Right. But like, and I've kind of just memorized how you have, what you have, like the steps you have to go through to make the software do that. But as soon as we get off that path, I'm just like, I have no idea. Like if you went to work at an ad agency that was like all Lightroom centric. Oh yeah, oh yeah for sure. And like it's I like, don't know a lot of right, that kind of shit. You got this whole, you got to do all this shit and do this shit to that shit and do this shit to that photo. You'd be like, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess it depends on what that kind of stuff is. But yeah, like a lot of the, yeah. Like you said, there's a lot of menus here and, and alternate ways of doing things that I'm not even aware of. But Yeah. A lot of ins, a lot of outs. Uh, I guess we're not going to, we don't have time to talk about Car Night Rider, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess we don't have to. I mean, there's not, well, I mean, I think we talked about it last time, although I did watch a short video on Car earlier today. So you're basically a professional now. Basically. Like, like a yeah. knowledge expert. Yeah, I pretty much know enough of um, as much about Car as I do about Lightroom. Well, you know as much about Car as probably the people who wrote about Car. Yeah, well, maybe not quite. It was only a three-minute video, but it was pretty interesting. Well, let's... It's just a weird fucking place, man. It's a weird time, the 80s and television. Yeah, I miss it sometimes, but not always, because I think about things like the pink, the soft pink man, soft pink baby man, and I don't like it. Or Howard the Duck with duck tits, and it's just like, no. Yeah. (laughs) The soft pink baby man and the duck tits should just get together. <laughs> yes. They should have gone on Howdy Doody. Should have had a re- reunion. Reunion, yes. <laughs> With Clarabelle. Cl- fucking Clarabelle, you asshole. And then, no, I did not see Midsommar or Mother! Exclamation point Because I saw a tweet and it referenced just the trailer for Midsommar. Yes. And the tweet was like, you know... It was something, I'm paraphrasing, but it was like, you know, a trailer that has people talking about a game called Skin the Fool, I'm not sure I'm into that. And I was like, you know what? I feel you. I'm not into it either. It was, I don't know. It's, I, yeah, maybe. I'm just, yeah, nah. Like, you really did a number on me having me watch Antichrist. Man. Yeah, I get you. We're not going to... It certainly does not rise to Antichrist levels. Okay. That's... And it's certainly a better... Like, Antichrist had both the disturbingness and gruesomeness and everything else. Mm-hmm. Whereas... But it also had a kind of, like, I don't know... There's, it was a despairing... Pretentious filmmaking kind of a thing going on, too, uh, though. Like... Really? <laughs> I mean, it, like, Midsommar is more like... A fun romp with a game called Skin the Fool. It's not a fun romp. It is definitely, like... I don't know how to describe it. It's just a better... Forget about the goriness being more or less. 
it's just more a more accessible movie, I think. I guess is what I mean to say. I mean that's but it's the not bar completely accessible either. It's not completely accessible either. I mean, it is a pretty great movie. I mean, just watch the trailer and you get a sense of it. Like it's pretty something. I mean, and Mother uh, has affected me deeply, man. I, and granted, I can't decide if it's a good movie or bad movie. I, I, I'll leave that to other people to judge it. I just know it has a strong effect. I mean, I'm not proud of who I've become. Don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm saying I'm not going to watch those because whatever. Like, I wish that I could watch them, but it's like I can observe myself almost from outside my body. And it's like, yeah, I know that I am no longer the person that can that can watch that. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong, but like just the the expectation that it might be something even one order of magnitude removed from Antichrist is like. I'm just not going to chance it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I wish I could. I think you probably don't want to watch it then. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'll get back to it. Um, Yeah. Maybe not, though. Trying to think of anything I've watched even remotely in that genre since the bad time. And, like, I watched the most recent Purge movie. (laughs) And that yeah. took a lot, which was just stupid. I didn't care. Yeah, I haven't watched any of those. I've I, never I've, seen any of them. I've only seen the most recent one, which is like, what, five purges in now or something? It was like Purge Origins or I don't know, whatever. The first right. purge or whatever. Yeah, they had to go back and do a prequel purge. Right, right. It was dumb. The, it's not, yeah. it's, you know, you know what that yeah, shit is. Yeah, there's too many things. It's like watching Jaws 5. Right. It's right. like you're going to watch that and like base Jaws on that. You can't really do it. No. You know what I mean? Like right. Go back to the first Purge, and I bet it's a, it's like a cool movie. Right. That, But that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah. yes, the first one they made is probably a cool movie, but it's not like, even though it's about like, oh, you're going to get murdered, it's, that's not upsetting. Like who, It's not, yeah, they're not I, graphically taking a right. two by four to your testicles. I watched John Wick 3 and like 642 people died. Don't give a shit. Love it. Yay. Right. You know, it's faceless, nameless violence. It doesn't take itself seriously. It's not like really, you know, getting to the unvarnished truth of things. <laughs> and I, I, yeah, I don't know. So if, if somehow you could develop a rubric by which you measure things against how upsetting Antichrist is to me, and if we're more than one order of magnitude, I know I'm mixing things here, but if we're more than one order of magnitude away from Antichrist, and then I'll consider it. I'm thinking deeply, and I'm going to say that Midsommar is not more than one magnitude away from Antichrist. Copy that. <laughs> it's hard to judge, especially because when we get orders of magnitude, it becomes, you know, exponential and all, but... I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I was trying to go to my happy place. How about this album? Yeah. Well, you know, that was one of the things I was thinking we would maybe talk about today, but maybe uh, 
We should save it. It's too. I mean, let's just too save much. it. It's a big topic. Oh and my god! We really used up all our time talking about applying <laughs> settings in Lightroom. So, and no one's listening anymore. So let's save the actual good content, which is discussing the 50th anniversary of Abbey Road. You never That's give me the good content. You never give oh me. Oh boy, I can't wait to hear them talk about Abbey Road again. <laughs> you never give me your Abbey Road. You only give me your Lightroom. Um, you know what? You know who you are. Michael and Clifford. You're complaining about not enough episodes. Well, here you go, motherfuckers. Maybe we could start again.